We gotta ask Breitbart, uh, John Bender. He's celebrating Ace Frehley's birthday too. The Liz Calloway Show. She's a one of a kind, and she's only found here. The new conservative alternative. Talk 94.5. Finally, you can start waking up on the right side of the bed again. Good morning and welcome to the Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers. It is Wednesday morning, April 27th, and I think John is way too young to know who Ace Freely is. Maybe. We can ask him. All right, let's see. The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers, featuring Breitbart Talks on Talk 94.5. John, do you know who Ace Fraley is? Oh, I can't say that I do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, John, do you know who the the rock band Kiss is? Of course. Okay, he's the guy that was like the spaceman, Space Ace. Okay. He, lead guitar, his guitar like <laughs> shot fire out of it and smoke and... He's... Yeah, of course. Okay. I mean, yeah. Kiss Live. Kiss is great. Okay, oh, so look oh, at well, that. They, all right, okay, you redeemed yourself. Good to go. <laughs> John, thank you so much uh, for joining us. You know, I, I wanted to talk to you about the border crisis, and I know you've been, um, you know, you've that's your thing uh, that you follow mostly on Breitbart. And um, there's a lot of confusion of what Title 42 is. It's really not an immig- immigration policy. Uh, it was put in place to limit communicable diseases coming through uh, from foreigners. But also, uh, there's a Title VIII, there's the Remain in Mexico policy. It's very confusing. The border situation is severely dangerous. I mean, I heard a woman died hanging from her foot upside down. She was climbing over the wall. Um, The deaths, it's like 8,000 migrants have died. And then the National Guardsmen that just died trying to rescue two drug traffickers. It's unbelievable what's happening down there. Mm -hmm. Give us an update, please. Sure. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it's something that's definitely not talked about enough when we talk about illegal immigration is um, not only is illegal immigration so detrimental to the lives of American citizens, but also to the migrants, the border crossers who are you know, so desperate that they put their lives in the hands of the Mexican drug cartels, and so many of them don't make it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the ones that do are scarred oftentimes for the rest of their lives because of what they've witnessed, what they've seen. Um, It's it's horrific. I mean, people are literally treated like cattle. Mm -hmm. Um, And our federal immigration laws and what the Biden administration Um, is currently doing is only enticing more of that human suffering. It's often, you know, we constantly hear about they're wanting to transform our border into a humane and compassionate, um, you know, process. But there is nothing humane about um, encouraging what Mexican drug cartels are, are in control of, which is our Southern border. Um, And to your point about the, the various, um, exemptions, the removal processes at the border. Um, I was just recently there and, um, you know, one of the, one of my sources explained to me, explained to it to me like this, it's sort of the border patrol has been forced to act as an Uber service for border crossers and illegal aliens showing up at the border. Um, They are merely to the point where they're transporting people into the United States. 
Um, and I, I had an exclusive at Breitbart the other day about this that everyone can go and read, um, where that is what they've done. They've transformed the border into um, sort of a checkpoint for people. You know, you stop in, you get fingerprinted, and then you're literally bussed off um, into a major American city or flown into a major American city on a domestic commercial flight. And that's what's happening every so, day with thousands of people. You know, John, that's the part that's confusing to me because I was reading that some people are turned back with uh, Title 42. Other people are processed and let into the country. Um, and the people who are sent back with Title 42, it's like they it's like throwing fish downstream. They just come back in uh, because there's no mm-hmm. legal thing uh, that, that that's documenting that they tried to get in here illegally. And so if they do it again, it's like a, a bigger crime. And if they do it again, it's even bigger. It's not like that with Title 42, because that's basically a health thing. And so they send the people back and they just keep coming back. It's like the same people. It, yes. it's, it doesn't even you, seem like we, we should even have Title 42. It's, it's causing more stress on the system. Title 8 at well, least has teeth to it. Mm-hmm. Well, Title 42, when it was fully being enforced by the Trump administration um, in 2020, was extremely useful um, because it it did stop um, millions of people coming to the United States and being released into the U.S. interior. And it allowed Border Patrol and um, DHS to quickly return people. That's that's sort of the whole point is that it gives them the power to very quickly return people, you know, sometimes within hours mm-hmm. after they arrived, whereas they don't have to hold them as long. Um, and now what's happening in Breitbart News has exclusively reported this, that um, Guatemalans, Hondurans, um, males from El Salvador, those single adults that are showing up from those countries, which is a huge portion of the border crossing population, are being exempted from Title 42. Um, So the administration has prematurely ended Title 42, Hmm. um, despite the claims that they're ending it on May 23rd. Um, DHS officials are privately admitting to House Republicans, for instance, that they're phasing Title 42 out. Um, And it is driving people here. And we know that there are thousands of migrants in Mexico just across the border waiting until Title 42 is ended on May 23rd to sort of rush the border because they know that their chances of being released into the U.S. interior are very, very high. That's just uh, that's really incredible uh, what's happening. And and the the whole remade in Mexico policy uh, or the MMP is that what it, no the MP what was it called um, MPP MPP okay the MPP policy uh, the remain remain in Mexico policy is being challenged in uh, the Supreme Court right now now they were supposed to start hearing that case yesterday when will we have a decision on that any indication do you know anything about that yeah um, it should be a few months or so um, and maybe we'll get something out in the fall. Um, the important thing about Remain in Mexico is that much like Title 42, um, it created a deterrent for mm-hmm. illegal aliens and border crossers. So it reduced the numbers of people coming because their chances of being released into the U.S. were so low. Um, and it made sure that people were not apprehended 
and released. I mean, Remain in Mexico, like Title 42, really helped end the catch-and-release policy that had long existed through a number of administrations. Um, And, of course, the Biden administration rolled that back, not because it didn't work, but because it did work. I mean, it, it... it hugely reduced asylum fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, they've attempted to end that. Now, folks that I've spoken to, although they've been court, the administration has since been court ordered to re-implement Remain in Mexico while the case makes its way through the courts. Um, the folks I've talked to have said that it has been minimally implemented um, by the Biden administration. Um, so, I mean, who knows if that's a violation of a court order or not, but they seem to be doing the same thing with Title 42. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they said, um, I remember that even though they'll maybe have to keep up with the Remain in Mexico policy, they're going to be changing it and unwinding it as they, you know, because they want to eventually repeal it. So maybe they can't do it in its entirety, but they're going to chip away at it. So it's not going to even be recognizable. I said one of the things that they were saying about the Remain in Mexico policy that I was reading, John, and we're speaking with John Bender of Breitbart, is um, that the they wanted to move the people from remaining in Mexico at the border and they wanted to move them into other towns in Mexico that were, I guess, safer less Mm -hmm. dangerous so they wouldn't have these tent cities along the border and then the Mexican police would have to bring them back and forth for their hearings or something like that Um, they were saying that that's what the Biden administration was going to do but but like you said all of this should be a deterrence because Trump always Mm -hmm. talked about a big wall with a big beautiful door and to do it in an orderly process Um, he wasn't anti-immigrant he was just anti- illegal immigration. But when you have, um, you know, people that are using if you have a woman who's dangling upside down with her foot caught in this this fence um, for who knows how long until she died, there are areas of this wall that are just not being patrolled. There's there's no way that they can do all of this. And then you have you have yeah. the Texas government doing their Operation Lone Star. And then the National Guardsman who went missing was working for that initiative. And then the Biden administration is basically blaming Governor Greg Abbott for doing something that they don't need to do because the federal government's got it. It's really they were putting that death on the government of uh, Texas, mm. trying to blame them. For, for the death, I mean, or Trump's wall for the death, because it's the wall that's causing all this is what they were, what uh, right. Saki was saying. It was unbelievable. It's, but who's taking responsibility yeah. for what's happening? Well, and we know where responsibility lies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it lies with the Mexican drug cartels right. and it lies with the U.S. federal government, which has created a hodgepodge of policies at specifically at the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, I mean, in nowhere else in the world can you asylum shop. And even on on the U.S.-Canada border, um, we do not allow, the U.S. federal government does not allow um, folks to pass through Canada and claim asylum in the United States. They They turn them around and they say, you have to claim asylum in the first safe third country, which is Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's to prevent asylum shopping. And yet the Trump administration implemented those same exact agreements that we have with Canada um, on a number of the Central American and Mexican countries and Mexico. And yet those have all been removed. 
And so we're now allowing the process at the U.S.-Mexico border where people are asylum shopping again. I mean, Mexico has a robust asylum system. So there's absolutely no reason that anyone seeking asylum from Guatemala, Honduras, or El Salvador um, passes through Mexico to come to the United States. They can claim asylum in Mexico, and it's much safer for them because it's much closer to their native country. They speak the language, um, and it's similar cultures. Um, and they don't have to put their themselves in the hands of the Mexican mm-hmm. drug cartels because they never reach the U.S.-Mexico border if they claim asylum in Mexico. Um, so it, it's it's a deadly journey, and it's something that is under the guise of humanitarianism, and it is the least bit humane. What is their end game here? Any indication of that? People say they're trying to change the voter base. They're trying to um, lower wages. They're trying. I mean, what mm-hmm. what are they trying to do here? Um, the end game is very clear. Um, it is to release as many people into the U.S. population as possible. I mean, I know there's a number of Democrats right now that are running for re-election saying they're opposed to ending Title 42 because they just want to see a plan from the administration before it's ended, that they, they you know, they know that there's a plan. Well, they know what the plan is. Breitbart News has exclusively published and reported on the plan. The plan is to release as many people from the U.S.-Mexico border into the U.S. population as possible. Um, is is there a longer end game here? I think that's what you're getting at, Liz, mm-hmm. um, with changing, you know, the American electorate. Well, I think Democrats and the establishment media are extremely aware that the more um, foreign-born, the higher a foreign-born population in a community, the more likely um, that that community is is to vote Democrat. And that is from statistical data from The Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, I mean, this is hardly a right-leaning website um, that has admitted this. And Axios has reported this. The Washington Post has reported this. The New York Times. All of the major left-wing publications have reported that the higher the nation's foreign-born population, the more likely it is that uh, people will vote Democrat. Um, and, I mean, you know, you can take that what you will. Um, that just is that just is the case. I mean, the data is the data is the you data. Know, There's it, nothing you can change. It's very interesting um, concept because that means that Republicans just really just do not do a good enough job to get their um, platform to people who are foreign born because uh, especially from the countries that are south of us, because uh, my husband originally from Mexico they have a lot of conservative ideals. They're Catholic. They're, you know, traditional family, tr- traditional values. They don't agree with any of the dem- what the Democrats are talking about. Um, it's just that they have a better uh, grassroots ground game than we do. Um, and they're acting like, you know, if, if when you talk to people who uh, and uh, and my husband has spoken to people who have gone through 17 year old kid who went through the desert, got here illegally, um, telling a harrowing story. My husband was like horrified what this young man went through. And he's like, I can't believe that this president is allowing this to happen to these people. I mean, their policies are creating these experiences. Correct. It's, it, you're you're exactly right. We just have to communicate um, that. 
and just we're not doing yeah, a good job. And, and, a, and a big part of this is the lack of assimilation. Um, this is something that the Barbara Jordan, the civil rights icon in the 1990s, was constantly talking about, the lack of assimilation from the federal government. I mean, other countries have entire uh, government departments dedicated to preserving their national language um, and their identity as a country and their native history. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just do not have that kind of process. Um, We bus kids into communities that they've never been before with no parents. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't know the language. And we drop them off at the schools and expect the schools to deal with all of it. And it's Americans that are left to suffer. Yeah. Um, I've seen it happen in my community. I used to live in Long Island. I mean, uh, you know, your child can't get the special education services they need because all the services were spent on English as a second language teachers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you had those teachers in every school, but not a special education teacher in every school. And my my kid had to get bussed to another school. Right. And I'm like, what in the world is happening here? And that's, um, you know, th- those are the real life consequences of what happens. And, exactly. Uh, we're, we're paying the price. Well, John, thank you for um, explaining it to us and bringing us up to date on the border crisis. John Bender, you can follow him on Breitbart.com. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much, Liz. Hold on, deplorables. The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers will be right back on Talk 94.5.